Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. I lost my heart under the bridge to that little girl. So much to me. And now I'm old. And now I holler. She'll never know just what I. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Of course, I'm so thrilled that you have joined us again this week. I'm also thrilled because I have one of my boys on, a buddy of mine, a patron of the show, and just a friend of mine out there in social media. He's been on before, and he uh, came up with this topic that we're going to be discussing this evening, so I'll let him talk to us a little bit about why he chose this topic. But say what's up to Brad from the Cinema Guys. Brad, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Gerald. How's it going? I am so thrilled you're having me back. I can't wait to uh, go through this list. Of course, man. Why don't you tell the guys what the list is tonight? Well, we are doing, what would you say, films on or around water. Predominantly on or around water. Yeah. So water set movies. Yes. Um, now, I think- I, I, well, <laughs> but- <laughs> Hang on. What I was going to say is, so don't give away any titles. You know, I don't like to do that. Oh, yeah. No, no, I won't. But I feel like a title might be the reason why. But that's why that's why I said don't give away any titles. But where did this topic come from? Because you pitched this to me a couple months ago, and here we are. I, I think it was in a, a chat we're part of where I think it kind of, we got on the topic of movies on water. So I was like, so I just shot you a message and said, hey, if you want to do this sometime, let's do it. I want I'm to, all for it. I want. I want to do it. We are doing it. I, what? I, I mean, you know what my number one is. I would assume, and probably a lot of listeners probably saw the topic and they're like, "Okay, well, he's gonna be talking about yeah, this we, fucking." Yeah, we know what's gonna be on the list. Yeah. Um. So, but for you, when you were, you know, so we picked the topic. You came up with it. So when you were researching the list, now how hardlined were you? Because you know, I asked for feedback online. I asked my wife earlier today, and I've talked to a couple people about you know water movies. And I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, you know, for me, it was just predominantly on water or water was like a, a, a constant throughout the movie. How hardlined were you? I mean, are all these like on the water? They're, they are on or around. Mm-hmm. So some may, I would say some major piece of the story takes place like water is part of that story without without this water setting. It wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, my, mine's gonna be too easy. Mine's too easy. <laughs> my top, my top three came to me right away. What about for you? I mean, was it hard for you? Did they did these start coming to you right away, or uh, a few of them? But then as I started like thinking of more, I was like, oh well, I love this one. Do I move it up? Do I move this down? Like there were a lot of moving parts in it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like I listed probably like fifteen right off the bat, but then it was that puzzle of like, okay, where on a list would I put these? Yeah, ordering is always a pain in the ass because I'm always like. Oh, you know, today this is my number one, but tomorrow it could yeah. be number five. And it's like, you just, exactly. I mean, they're all, you know, I mean, I love all these movies that I'm going to mention tonight. I do have five honorable mentions also. 
you know, I don't think this is going to be on your list because you were talking shit to me about it a few months ago. But a movie like The Beach House, which is a, a horror movie that I love, and it came out last year. Or, I, I don't, I don't hate it. Well, you guys like to pick <laughs> pick fun at me, so I liked it so much. And it is a very divisive film. Like I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's one of those movies that has like an eighty critic score and like a twenty audience score. So it's oh, really yeah. There, it, there's a lot of those lately. Yeah. So it's a really split movie. So I get that. But what I was going to say is I didn't choose that one because it's not on the water uh so much it's it's okay i mean it's on the it's a it's at a beach you know i mean it's on the beach you see the water they never really go out on the water you know what i mean so it was like true and i'm using that as an example the water doesn't really play a big part until towards the end right right and then the ending scene don't get me started on that i thought that was beautiful (laughs) as you know as you guys know so yeah uh, spoiler alert the beach house will not be on my list so if you're ready man you know last time you came on brad i was kidding around with you because we (laughs) you know we do a show here and it's it's somewhat organized, but it's never like a 60-minute show, you know? Yeah. And Brad, yeah, I mean, co- Brad comes on. He's like, five, four, three, two, one. All right, guys. Have a good night. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, very quick, very to the point, but I like that. So uh, I don't know how the conversation will take us tonight, Brad. But I am excited about this topic because in my top five, there's probably two movies. In fact, I know there are two movies that are in my top like 50 of all time. So okay, and they wow. ha- and they happen to be set predominantly on water. So I'm excited about that. Well, a- as I look at my list, I just realized that I have a movie from every decade from the 70s on. That's that's awesome! Wow, did you do that <laughs> on purpose? No, no, I did not. I just made this list, and then I'm I'm looking, and I wrote down some dates, and I'm like, oh wow, I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a you, you know what you're doing even when you're not trying to do it, Brad. <laughs> oh, sometimes. Man. All right, so water set films, guys. Movies that take place on or near water. I'm excited, Brad. Thanks so much for coming up with the topic. I tell you what, why don't we get into our list, man? You know, normally I take a promo break, but it's too it's too soon. We'll do that later. Will you remind me, Brad? Slap me upside the head. Uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll try to remind you. I'm usually bad at that on our show too. So, <laughs> so I tell you what we'll do is we'll give our <laughs> we'll give our list. All right, and our, uh, before we do our honorable mentions, I'll take a break. So just slap me upside the head if I forget. To do there you go. All right, that works. All right, man, so let's get it started, Brad. What's your number five movie set on water, brother? My number five is a movie from 1981. It is directed by Wolfgang Peterson called Das Boot. Mm, good one, good one. It's a fantastic movie. It is. You know, I wanted to rewatch it for this list because I haven't seen it, and I'm not even joking, in probably 30 years. Like, I saw this movie when I was like a teenager. It's been it's been a while since I've seen it, but it is one of those that this is one of the first ones that popped in my head. So, you know, like, you know, if, if that's the case, when you think of a certain topic, you know, like, well, that movie right away, then right. you know that that movie was good because it stuck with you. Right. So this is like the classic kind of on the water pick. I mean, because what do you have the year on this? Yeah. 1981. 81. Okay. I didn't, I, for some reason I thought it was even older than that, but yeah, I guess it's and, an and for those who, who have never seen it, it's a, a World War II German U-boat and it's, it's all in German. It's a German film, but it's very claustrophobic, very like a lot of anxiety and tense moments through the film, which you get from, you know, I'm sure you may, I don't know if you have another, any submarine movies on your, on your list, but. Well, I can't tell you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll get there. I guess we'll get there and we'll see. Yeah, but. sure. Yeah. 
because that if you ever want anything very tense and claustrophobic, just set your movie in a, a submarine, and yeah. a lot of times you can you can get it easily. Yeah, you're not wrong, man. <laughs> All right, so Das Boot is your number five, a classic pick there. My number five is also a classic, man, but it's much older. It's from 1954. Oh, wow. Can you believe that, Brad? I have a poster framed in my front, what would be considered, I guess, den in my house that I talked my wife into <laughs> a couple of years ago. <laughs> so she had me put up, she didn't she did want me to put moving po- movie posters up around the house, right? Like, I have some out here in the garage, which is like, mm-hmm. she doesn't care, obviously. But in the house, she's like, can't do movie posters. And I just kind of like worked on her for a few years. And I got it to where she was like, okay, you can do like vintage posters that are kind of like, because you know, back in the day, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s even, they were like hand-painted posters. Oh, yeah. They yeah. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't photoshopped photography that they just slapped together. So I have a, a couple posters on my wall in there. And one of them is from 1954's Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay, yep. All right. All right. And I love this movie, man. It's, it's one of the old Universal Monster movies, and it's my favorite. You know, that that's always kind of surprises people a little bit, but it's my mm-hmm. favorite movie because of the story that's built in there. And it's a story that has become so cliche, I feel like, in Hollywood and in screenplays where, you know, the monster is perceived as a monster, but the real monster are the people that are, you know, yeah. after, after him or think that he's different, you know. And now that's been beaten to death, right? But in 1954, <laughs> that was a pretty unique uh, kind of plot line. Yeah. And, and and you said it's one of your favorites, which a lot of people probably would be surprised because most people think of, you know, Boris Karloff and mm-hmm. Bela Lugosi. We got Dracula and Frankenstein, like mm-hmm. yeah, the Wolfman. Wolfman yeah. And, Invisible Man, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, the the creature from a black lagoon is kind of like the, the as, I guess you could think of the redheaded stepchild of it. I've been like, oh, yeah, there, there's that one, too. Yeah. And I, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I could see that. And I see that argument. You know, I've talked about this movie on the show before. It's come up on a couple other lists we've done. We did movies before I was born and we did black and white movies. So this is also really, it really does, whenever it fits into a list, it does kind of pop into my mind right away because it's a, one of the very, very few films that I revisit that's like old school movie with the exception of maybe like okay. Wizard, Wizard of Oz maybe. Like I don't really revisit old films after I see them that initial time and this is one that I own. I don't own a lot of old like 50 cinema but I have this one on Blu-ray and I watch it every year. My son just watched it for the first time this year. He's seven years old and I'm starting to kind of ease him into quote unquote horror. So we watched this and we watched another movie that I'm not going to name right now this year or this past year <laughs> and those are both on this list actually so i'm starting my list i was gonna say it could be a a spoiler alert there you can't you can't can't spoil it yet not quite not quite but i mean anybody (laughs) that's why i said anybody that listens to the show regularly like okay this this again all right uh, but yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon, man, it's one of my favorite throwbacks and it's one of my favorite, what would be considered like old school horror, old school monster movies, you know, back be- in the days of the code before they could do a lot of things that they can do now. They just really, yeah. they really were able to still tell a really beautiful story and it still had those, you know, scenes of, of kind of horror in them that were scary, especially back in the fifties, I would imagine. Uh, but just such a good story, man. And it, and it, like I said, it's a trope that's continued for decades in Hollywood and this is the earliest signs of it for me at least and it's a it's a good pick it's a classic like the universal monster just movies in general classics so creature from the black lagoon is my number five so so far no one that listens to my show is surprised and that's going to continue here in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but before we get thanks for picking a list it's like literally the most predictable list you could have given you probably know all five of mine Uh, that's what we should have done i should have just have you give them my five but i don't know (laughs) 
All right, so I have, what, I have an inkling what number one's going to be. Bro. I'm sure you do, man. Yeah, what's your uh, number four before we get there, Brad? What do you got? All right, my number four, we're moving from the 80s to the 90s, 1991. And I, I said movies that you could take the water out of and you you wouldn't quite have the story, but not this mm-hmm. one. This is the exception, but it's uh, 1991's Point Break. Oh, see, I didn't do this, Brad. All right. <laughs> now, do you want to get... Let's be friendly tonight, okay? We're not going to okay, be... Okay, yeah. We're yeah. Not, we're not going to be like me and you, me and Dan, when, when we talk to each other. We'll be like we'll be like Gerald and Brad. Okay, I, I won't yell at you. But I didn't include this just because I feel like there's some very prominent scenes on water. You know, particularly the ending, yeah. and you know, whenever they go surfing. But I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Twenty five percent of me, the movie. For maybe? me, I put I put it in there because of the surfing. Like it takes place with surfers around the ocean and i was like well like it, it was kind of borderline i love this movie it's one of my favorites oh me too like my, my co-host justin it's like his all one of his all-time favorite movies mm-hmm. and it's got you know my boy keanu reeves in it but yeah it, it was hard i i went back and forth on whether well, to add it on here or I'm not, not I'm not so here. much I'm not so much scolding your pick as I'm ashamed of myself for not doing it <laughs> because I did consider this movie and it was on the initial long list of films I had and I'm like ah, I think Brad might give me shit there's not enough of it on water but I love this movie man I mean I've but, talked I've talked about this movie on the show before too and a young uh, Catherine Bigelow too one of her first yes. films yeah yep and and like I said, if you you strip the water out of this, then you just have and put some cars in it, and you have Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh man, Keanu. What about that remake though? Huh? Did you see that? I did not. I uh, I boycotted. Yikes. Oh man, wow. it, it did not look good. So I was like, no, I, I'm not. I mean, th- this is just a classic. The you know with the scenes, hot fuzz. Mm-hmm. You know, makes makes fun of it, shooting the gun up and straight up in the air, and then yeah. my friends and I all the time will yell at each other, Utah, get me too. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it's just one of those things that's like built into. Oh yeah, and uh, Busey is so life. great in that movie, man. Just such oh yeah. A- comic relief and oh man so good i love that movie so much man it's come up on the show before it was one of my favorite heist movies when we did that list uh in fact in fact it may be my number one actually i can't remember because i'm old but (laughs) i think it was (laughs) i think it was my number one heist movie but okay point breaks your number four uh let me pull my list back up here brad because i don't want to misquote myself i i like to think i can memorize these lists but i don't know okay yeah all right so my number four is from 2003 it is the curse of the black pearl pirates of the caribbean is my number four. That that is a very very good movie. Yeah, man. Now, as the series went on, right, it kind of got worse and worse, in my opinion. The first one, however, as a standalone movie, is got to be one of the better like adventure films. It's oh, put- it's it's one of my favorite adventure films. I came out of that when I went to the theater to see it, mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, this is the type of movie that just got me an every level hell yeah dude now johnny depp you know has come under fire in the public eye lately but regardless of what you may or may not think of him and we don't have to get into that tonight brad but in this movie and in this role of captain jack sparrow i mean there's a reason why he's playing this kind of slapstick comedic role and there's a reason why he was nominated for an oscar for it i mean he does such a tremendous job oh he's Uh, he's when he delves into a role he's 
he's good at it. Yeah, man. And, you know, you read all the different things about it and how, you know, he, you know, modeled his character of Jack Sparrow and his portrayal after, like, the logo on the Captain Morgan rum bottle okay, and yeah. Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones. And he kind of took all this stuff in a hodgepodge and mixed it up and came up with this character who just kind of seems like he's drunk and absent-minded all the time, but he's really very witty and clever. Uh, so you never really know as an audience member watching it if he's like on his P's and Q's or if he is drunk <laughs> or if yeah. he knows, if he knows, you know how uh, in cartoons, how, <laughs> you know, Jerry will always escape Tom, but you can't quite figure out like, is he really outsmarting him here or is he just kind of luck or what's going on? It's kind of like that type of thing with, with Captain Jack Sparrow as well. You know, Kira Knightley, bro. Was she hot in 2003 or what? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. 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 Let Gerald get I mean, creepy for a second. You had a great cast. You had... Yeah, you uh, did. Yeah. Now his, now his name Jeffrey is... Jeffrey Rush. Right. Yep, Jeffrey Rush. Mm-hmm. And he had Legolas himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Orlando Bloom. I don't know who was pretty, or Orlando Bloom or Kira Knightley. I don't know. They were both pretty hot. At that time, I don't know. <laughs> but I felt like at that time, oh, Orlando man. Bloom, you kind of you felt like he was going to be typecast because, you know, he did Troy. He did Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. That's true. Um, yeah. Kingdom of Heaven. Like he was like a, a sword and sandals kind of actor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but yeah, yeah Pi- Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl is a fantastic film. Just a great adventure film, man. Just such a fun yeah. ride. And, it, you know, I don't I don't. I kind of lose interest after they go over two hours, but I was just looking at it. This movie is 143 minutes, but it's just a fun ride. Like it never. Oh, absolutely. There's no dull moments. And, you know, I, I, the last thing I'll say about it is I love how it's such a simple thing where it was derived from a ride at Disney World, too. And it's just a stupid animatronic ride that you can go through in a little lazy river boat or whatever. <laughs> and then we have this fascinating lore that they use that, but they also use like stuff from history like Blackbeard. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just such a cool story, you know, and it's a really fun time. And it's another one that I showed my son recently as well. Uh, and he loved it also. So I love being able to share it with with my kids also. So that's my number four. Pirates right. of the Caribbean. Did you say Caribbean or Caribbean? What do you say? I say I say Caribbean. Yeah, when of course it comes you do. To the movie. Of course you but do. But if I'm going to the place, I'm going to the Caribbean. Okay, so what? Hold on a second. Let's time out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you say Caribbean uh, only if you're talking about the film. <laughs> But Caribbean, yeah, I, I say, oh, I I'm say sorry. Caribbean, yeah, Caribbean. Only if I'm talking about the film. If I'm if I'm going on vacation, I'm no, going to the Caribbean. Don't do that. You gotta you gotta come up with one for <laughs> just stick with one. You're your straight jacket over there, Brad. Um, okay, so yeah, we'll just say pirates. Pirates is my number four. <laughs> Right. And we're over to you, man. You had Das Boot. You had Point Break. What do you got at number three, man? All right. My number three is the newest film on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, come out in 2018. And I know I'll probably get a lot of flack for throwing this on my list, but I love this movie so, so much. And that is Aquaman. Oh, wow. Yes, you are definitely going to get shit. Uh, you're going to get shit for many reasons, okay? Oh, oh, uh, I know. I know. I, I was I was ready for it. I knew it was going to come. brother. Um, okay. No, go ahead. Talk about it first. I don't want to do that. I mean, thing. this ahead. is we we've had discussions about how you feel about the DCEU, yeah, and in, in the films in it. But <laughs> when this one came out, I, I I just thought James Wan did a fantastic job of creating this underwater world, and it was another one of those kind of like pirates. It was it was just for me. It was a, just a fun adventure of you know, the superhero adventure and it, it, it worked. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw it three times in the theater, and I've watched it countless times since. Well, I can tell you this. I can tell you it's not the worst thing DC's put out. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, it's no, it's not as good as, you know, BVS. Yeah, but, sure. You know, yeah, that's for another yeah. time. I'm sure you're going to say that. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't hate this movie, Brad. I just, I remember it was long. I remember it was, um, you know, I saw it in the theater, which was cool. I do love James Wan. You're onto something there. And the casting's great. You know, it's not the worst movie by any means. I just, of all the water movies, you did Aquaman. I felt <laughs> I felt like you did that to troll me, though. I don't know. No, no, I didn't. I I, I truly do love this movie. It's one of all my right. favorite DC movies. All right. Take- like I was I was hooked in. I loved the mantis in it when the first fight scene with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And they yeah, you know, came in good. the house. I was like, I am all in for yeah, this. Yeah, that was this, good. Yeah. This was is awesome. That was good. Maybe I need to revisit it, Brad. I don't know. You know, I, I do this thing and it, it, it's definitely my fault. I, I shouldn't do it. I was actually telling you in our group chat the other day, I think I was telling you that I'm going to watch the um, BVS extended cut because I've never seen that. And I was going to watch that prior to the Justice League release. And I, I think I just need to be a little more open minded with DC, but they've just frustrated me so much <laughs> in the last, you know, five or six years uh, where it's just like, oh, it's like, I, I don't know. I just go in very biased. I think it's the best well, way to put it. They, they're kind of all over the place. They're not like Marvel where, you know, it's like. We're going from point A to point B, and they're going to fill in some cool stuff in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, DC kind of goes, we're going to go here. Oh, now we're going to go here, up, down, up, down, left, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then we're just going to make it a multiverse, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we are. All right, man, so that, that's your number three, Aquaman. That's my number three. Now, I, would, I didn't give you too much shit on that, Brad, but I also was thinking you might be saying my number three because you were talking about the year it came out and, you know, it's divisive and blah, blah, blah. And you didn't, but I don't know how you feel about my number three. I can't remember if, if I've ever heard you mention this over on the Cinema Guys before. Maybe you have, and I just didn't hear it. But my number three is The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers. I have actually, I started watching it, but I never, I got busy and it never came back to it. So I never finished the film. Okay, well, my but- response to that is get your shit together, Brad, okay? Because <laughs> The Lighthouse is a cinematic marvel, okay? So, uh, you know, this has come up a couple times on the show as well. It's a recent film, obviously, and it was in my top five films of 2019 when we did that a couple years ago. And... What Robert Eggers does, which, by the way, is a filmmaker that I'm in love with. He did The Witch also, which is better than The Lighthouse, in my opinion. But nonetheless... Mm, well, you're, you're not selling the movie to me, then. <laughs> oh, you don't like The Witch? The the Witch was very... Okay. Eh, ...to me. All right. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't know how you'd feel about The Lighthouse, then. But what Robert <laughs> what Robert Eggers does, though, which I think is great in, in both of those movies, is he really is so authentic to the story that he wants to tell. And not only in the dialect, because him and his brother wrote the screenplay for this, uh, but in the way it's shot, you know, the four by three ratio, the black and white, Mm -hmm. uh, the sound mixing is incredible in this movie. Obviously, the actors take on that same, it it all rolls downhill, right? So Eggers is so devoted in that aspect, even when it starts out as a screenplay, and it rolls downhill. So you have Willem Dafoe, who, in my opinion, gave one of the best performances of the decade in this role. I mean, just literally it's it's like you're literally watching the definition of insanity play out before your eyes uh in his character robert pattinson is awesome in this movie and it's just those two dudes it's it's basically a story of cabin fever set in the set in the 1880s i think and they're on this new england rock basically where this lighthouse is and they're there to man the lighthouse and 
it's it's the story of cabin fever. So what happens if it's just you and this other person who, by the way, you don't like, you guys hate each other, and you have to live on this very, very, and it's not even, an island's not even the right word. It's literally like a boulder that they live on. It's like just enough <laughs> room for the lighthouse to be there. That's all it is. Okay. Um, and they have to get taken there by ship and leave by ship, and they're surrounded by water the whole time. And it really does just give you a sense of dread and lunacy as you're watching it. And I remember watching this movie and I lo- and I saw it in the theater and I love watching films that really challenge you not only to like understand it or whatever, but they challenge you to even know what the fuck you saw. <laughs> like you sit there and you go, what just happened? And that's how I felt after seeing this movie. And it doesn't happen often, you know, maybe once a year or something like that'll happen. Uh, and- I think that that's probably what happened to me with the witch is you see this film and, and, and- I think you expected it to be more than what it was, but he just like, nope, this is this is what it is, and it, you, this is you just kind of go with it. And nothing, the lighthouse. I do want to see it. I just never never you'll, came back around to it. I mean, as a cinema guy, hey, no pun intended. As a cinema guy, <laughs> you'll be. I, I assume you will be in awe or at least very respectful of the filmmaking process, regardless of how you feel about the story, because I was just in awe of it. I mean, the way that his dedication to the craft of filmmaking in this movie, and I'm talking about Robert Eggers and his brother specifically, is just tremendous, man. I mean, the, the dedication to the authenticity of that time and of that dialect, mm-hmm. uh, and then, of course, the actors pulling it off also. But the cinematography is flawless. Uh, it actually got nominated for cinematography for the Oscars that year, which was its lone nomination, which is a, a crime against humanity. But yeah, it's just such a great film, man, because Robert Eggers is putting you in a place. You know, there's not a lot of movies where you were talking about claustrophobia with submarine mm-hmm. movies, right? This is a very similar. That's kind of what I'm saying It's very similar. It just puts you in this lighthouse with these two dudes that are not likable. They're not likable guys. They're not guys that you would. they're not characters that you would want to be on a deserted island with. Let's put it that way. <laughs> way but you're okay. forced there and it really does kind of drive you insane as you're watching it you know a perfect analogy i'll give you before we move on is what they do in the movie is the fog horn goes off you know you, oh, you yep. probably hear it in your mind and that goes off every couple minutes and it literally goes off every couple minutes throughout the entire film uh and it gets to a point where i'm not even joking where you start to go is that is it going off like do i hear it or is the like the sound like on repeat in my mind and you actually feel that way if you're you know if you're into the story if you're paying attention um and i was in the theater so and the sound mix is great in this movie too which which added so, a lot so it's to trying that. to make you yes. think that am i going crazy yes. as well yes okay. yes yes and if you're engulfed in the story then i would I, I feel like that's probably what you would feel you know that's how i felt after seeing it but yeah it's just a just a great feat in my opinion one of the better uh, films of the last few years and it, again it's obvious to any regular listeners of the show but if anybody because this is fairly new it came out in 2019 so if anybody has not seen the lighthouse yourself included brad and you're into cinema you're a film bro <laughs> you know <laughs> then go put on the lighthouse and check it out because it is uh, one of the better films to come out the last few years and that's my number three and we're up to our runner-ups brad what's your numero dose over there man my numero dose is probably the gonna be the biggest film on here and people are probably gonna be like i can't believe you have this at number two mm-hmm, yeah. and not any higher yeah but it's the movie that scares you from going in the ocean as a child and that is jaws sure yeah that's got to be the answer bro that's got to be on the list and that is coming okay. that is coming up on my list as well as you very well know i would assume uh talk talk about jaws a little bit though before i get there i mean jaws is one of those that you know i saw it as a kid it came out in 1975 the year i was born 
So obviously, I didn't watch it when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you may you may have. I mean, who knows? you don't remember that. It's true. Right? It's true. My, my parents may have taken me to it. Who knows? But you know, years later when I saw it, it's one of those that it it truly frightens you. And still to this day, you know, at forty five years old, you know, Jaws is still in the back of your mind. Even when you think of water, you're out out in water, and that's what you think of. I mean, you're like, do I get in this water? Is there going to be a Jaws? Is there going to be you know something there? And it, it did such a great job of the 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 fear in that film. Right. And that the uh, that theme. I mean, you just get the boom, boom going, and uh-huh. John Williams, it's over. Yeah, man, uh, <laughs> it's coming up on my list, so I'll talk about it briefly here in a moment. And people are going to be like, "Shut up!" Like we know you love Jaws, <laughs> but <laughs> it's coming up on my list too. But before we get there, Brad, now you are the voice of the people tonight. Okay, so come at me, bro. Okay, because the people are going to come at me on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, come on, I put Aquaman on my list, so... Twitter, wherever, they're going to start being like, what the fuck is with this guy? Now, look, I love this movie, okay? And my number two, I mean. And, you know, a lot of people will use the term guilty pleasure, and I, you know, I could use that as a cop-out, and I could say guilty pleasure. It's I'm not guilty. I, I don't feel guilty about it. I love it, and it's I feel like it's such a masterpiece. It's literally a masterpiece. Now whether, okay. now, whether you like the movie or not, if you don't call this movie a masterpiece, you're literally kidding yourself. 1997's Titanic by Mr. James Cameron is my number two. You know, I can't I can't fault you for the pick. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, when I was talking to my wife earlier about films, that's the first movie she said was Titanic. Yeah. And I'm like... Of course she did. She's yeah. a smart lady, Brad. <laughs> now, I mean, we know James Cameron, right? I mean, Terminator 2. I mean, you could go on and on, right? He's, he's an established filmmaker. He's, he's a genius at the art of, of making movies. But what he did in, in the mid to late 90s with Titanic, you know, he started making this. It was a labor of love for him from the mid 80s when he took an expedition crew down there to, to, you know, film the wreckage and stuff. Well, in 97, you know, what he did with this movie, man, he literally meticulously reenacted and recreated the set to be the ship. Have you seen any of the behind the scenes of that and where he had the replicas and they, I mean, even down to the teacups and the little fucking doilies that they put their tea on. Very, the, very briefly. I, I haven't watched too much behind the scenes on it. I mean, look, I mean, man. I've seen the film a, a few times. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I, I, I'm not a filmmaker. Okay. I wish I was, but I'm not. I'm not a filmmaker. <laughs> but I cannot imagine, okay, the level of dedication that would have to go in to be able to pull something like that off, man. I mean, well, and James Cameron, I mean, he is someone who he puts a lot into his movies. I mean, right. And, and it, there's typically a, a fairly big gap between his movies because he's like, you know, I'm not going right. to crank one out every year. Right, right. I got to, I got to put some, some time into this. Like, I want to make sure that it's a movie. He makes sure it's a movie he is proud of. Right. Yeah, I can see that as well. You know, and I mentioned this before when it came up like a year ago or so on my show. But what really fascinates me about this movie, and there's a handful of other movies that would fall into this category as well. You know, I'm thinking about movies like from the Old West, you know, more specifically. Mm -hmm. But like when there's a time before we were able to like record and people had phones to record stuff and like even photography was in the infancy stages back in 1912. So think if... Okay, so think of what it would be like if you were one of the survivors of the Titanic or if you were one of the passengers that was on the lifeboats that they, you know, took away from the from the sinking ship mm-hmm. and what it looked like seeing that in the vast ocean with your own eyes and being an eyewitness to that, right? That's something that we 
obviously, because we're detached from so many years, we weren't even born yet. But we also don't have the video. We don't have the photos. Like, we have no idea. So James Cameron and his crew gave that to us. That's my opinion. That's why it's so fascinating to me because we can watch that. And there's a scene in that movie when these a lot of the survivors are on the lifeboats and Kathy Bates is character is like looking at it and she's like, good Lord or something to that. I can't remember what she says. I'm sorry, but she's like, oh, my God or whatever. Yeah. And that's how you would feel. Do you know what I mean? And he put that on screen, you know, and I got to see it in a theater, which was great. I mean, this was a movie that would just lives to be seen on the big screen. But, you know, just, you know, I, I've heard, I know, I've heard things. I, you know, our buddy Julio runs the Contrarians, <laughs> and he just had a whole episode where he basically went in on it. I get it. I mean, I understand that it's a thing that you have to really be into. You have to be invested in. Uh, if you don't buy into the love story between Jack and Rose, it's probably not going to, you know, hit as hard with you. But I love Kate Winslet so, so much. And this is where I was really introduced to her. You know, Leo has gone on to be one of the, I mean, arguably one of the best actors of our time, but definitely currently that's acting today. Uh, I mean, if you, it's two parts, right? So the first part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first part is kind of the fictionalized love story. It's getting you invested in these characters. Uh, it's even getting you to hate some of the characters like um, Billy Zane. Like Billy Zane. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the second half of the movie is the ship is the historical event of the ship hitting the iceberg. But the, the palpable tension that's because, you know, what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you go into Titanic and you're like, OK, this is a movie about the sinking of the Titanic. Right. So and when's the boat? Gonna exactly. So it's like <laughs> I felt like it was masterfully done where it, for an hour and a half, really. Cameron's building that, building that. Well, like, you know, the fucking icebergs out there somewhere. Do you know what I mean? How are we going to hit it? When's it going to hit? We know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And uh, I have, my son was, uh, I called him a Titaniac. Uh, a couple years ago <laughs> because he started watching all these YouTube clips from like history, of the Titanic on the history channel and all this shit, you know, which, okay. I, which I thought was great. I mean, he's seven years old. I couldn't believe he was doing it, but he was doing it. And uh, I saw a lot of stuff, you know, through him because of that. And I, I saw that it took two and a half hours for the ship to go underwater after it hit the iceberg. So if you really think about it, I mean, Cameron made a movie the length of the time that it took for the ship to go down. So, I mean, come on, we can't, you know, don't give him too much of a hard time. It's a three hour movie. But if you were on the ship, you'd be underwater already. So, you know, what are you going to do? But yeah, Titanic from 1997 is my runner up. I'm sorry I'm gushing about it, Brad, but I just. No, no, no. I know it's a divisive pick, man. You know, I I I don't think it is at all. Yeah, I mean, it didn't quite make my list, but it, it's still a phenomenal movie. I mean, just even what that movie did. I mean, it's a over a three plus hour movie, and it became the biggest movie of all time for a while. And I'm gonna tell you right now, okay, for uh, quite a long while actually. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Brad. Okay, and then we can go on to your number one. <laughs> but uh, Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" slaps, buddy. It's an all-time banger, and uh, it is what uh, it's just a beautiful song. It's very romantic. If it was playing right now, you and I would be embracing virtually. And, and it is a it, it's a movie that I, I think encompasses everyone. Because I mean, when it came out, my mom she she doesn't really like to watch many movies, but this movie she wanted she, twice. She wanted me to take her to see it twice, and she wow. I mean, she doesn't go to the theaters to see movies, but she, she was like, I want to see this movie again. Right, right. Well, that's my number two, man. Thanks for taking okay. it easy. I thought you were going to come at me. You know, I had. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> no. I, I have no qualms against that movie at all. I mean, I, had, I, I think it's a great movie. I had Melissa on from Brook Reading last year. And it's the only other time that Titanic's come, come up on my show because we did period pieces. Mm-hmm. And uh, I named it. 
I think I may have put it number one on that list, actually. And she didn't like it. <laughs> she just kind of gave me a hard time. <laughs> so I had to really try to sell it to her. But you were easy, man. You were like, yeah, it's a good movie. So thank you for that. It, it is. Like you said, you know, we'd throw on some Celine Dion. And, you know, if it wasn't a pandemic, we could get together and yeah, I know. just Why enjoy not? it together. Well, you know what my number one is. You want me to just talk about it real quick and then you can give us your number one? <laughs> uh, sure. So my number one is 1975's Jaws. What? No way. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, you said everything beautifully, man. And I've talked about this movie at nauseum on this show. You know, I have the poster framed behind me right now in my little pod space here. I've only got two posters on the wall. I've got that one and I've got 1978's Halloween. Okay. Two of my favorite movies of all time. Both of those movies are in my top 10 films of all time. This movie, I mean, just like you said when you talked about it, man, but, you know, Spielberg created, created a genre and created a way. Oh, yeah. To watch movies that was different than the way we were watching movies at the time. And the tropes and the things that were invented there are still used today. Uh, the way that tension is built, the way that, uh, you know, filmmakers, himself included in other projects that he's done, will incorporate everyday things and, and real things that we aren't necessarily afraid of or we don't think about, but makes them very scary and makes them, and basically creates a phobia. Uh, really, I mean, you know, my son saw this. This is the other movie I showed him last year, by the way. It was his first official horror movie, even though eh, you could call it a horror or not. Some people don't, some people do. But for him, it was a horror movie. He's seven years old, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, oh, yeah. we, but we watched it, and, you know, at the end, I'm like, so what'd you think, man? You know, and by the way, it's always really impressive to me when a seven-year-old sits through a whole movie for two hours, you know? So he watched it, and I'm like, what'd you think, man? And he's like, well, you know, it's good. He's like, but I'm still going to go back in the ocean. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> I didn't want you to be, I didn't want you to never <laughs> go to a beach ever again after this. My, my wife would have killed me, you know? But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, my point there too is he's seven, right? And the movie came out in 1975, which is the year I was born, just like you. And it, tr it's transcending generations. Like, it's a movie that I think will live on forever. Uh, because of how revolutionary it is. And, you know, you look at Bruce the Shark and you look at some of the animatronics and the effects they were using back then and you go, I don't know, you know, it looks kind of 1975-ish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, if, you, yeah. if you take yourself out of that and the story that's, that's being built there with these three main characters and this kind of stalking killer, so to speak, it really makes for a very suspenseful, uh, dramatic, and character-driven film that... I watch every year on July 4th, and often more times than that, but I definitely watch it every July 4th. Uh, Jaws, my number one, as you and, said and it, beautifully It before. is a movie, I mean, a movie that 45 years later, they can still, you know, capture audiences, especially like a new audience, like your son. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those movies that, I mean, how many times have people tried to recapture this? You know, I mean, you look at Piranha, you look at Deep Blue Sea, you, look, you know, and there's some good ones. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some good movies that are, you know, quote unquote, shark or, you know, killer water movies or whatever you want to call them. I mean, there's some good ones out there. You know, 47 Meters Down just came out a couple years ago and, uh, open water i mean right i mean we could go on and on and on forever why do those movies exist why are they being created year after year and it's because of i won't even use the word success but i'll use the word like the magic of jaws you oh know, yeah jaws is movie magic like it's one of those films in the niche in the timeline of the history of cinema i feel like um, especially but, if you're yeah, thinking I mean, in it, terms of horror i'm sure it was hard not to put jaws the revenge at number one over <laughs> jaws. hey you're over on patreon have you heard the worst movies ever episode yet <laughs> 
Um, uh, I think I did, yes. Okay, all right. So you know that I do give Jaws the Revenge a little love. <laughs> As this episode's being heard, that, that episode's already out on the main feed, so that's not too much of a spoiler. But uh, we recorded that a couple weeks ago, and Jaws the Revenge perhaps got a mention on that, Brad. So. Now, before I get to my number one, a quick question. You have Halloween and Jaws posters. Now, if Halloween took place on water, which one would be number one? Oh, wow. Uh, Halloween. Okay. Yeah, although that'd be a weird movie, wouldn't it? It would be, but <laughs> I was gonna say it kind of takes place on water, but that was Jason takes Manhattan, and that was Jason, not Michael. So yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man, because that would be a different movie. But Halloween 1978 is like my number three movie of all time, and it's my number one horror movie of all time. So I would, I would have off the top of my head, I would say Halloween. So all right. we can it's, still be friends. Yeah, we're friends. All right, okay. All right, what's your what's <laughs> what's your number one, Brad? What do you got? All right, number one. I know this is this is the pick that everyone's been waiting for. And, and I'm sure, you know, our friend Nick Haskins out there is hoping that I say what what you hope I'm going to say at number one. Jesus, Brad, are you really going to do this? Go ahead. But my number one is not Waterworld, Gerald. It is <laughs> All right. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> okay, you had me. I, I had my pen on my pad. And I'm like, am I going to have to write fucking Waterworld now for this guy? <laughs> All right. So do you want to <laughs> go ahead? So what do you want to say about Pirates? <laughs> It's just a, it it's just a fun ride. I mean, you get yourself on that boat and take that take that adventure. It's it's so much fun. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's the type of movie you know. I don't know if you remember the movie Cutthroat Island. Oh yeah, out, sure. Mm-hmm. What, I think ninety ninety five. It's been a minute, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But it's the movie that I wanted that to be when it originally came out was just a fun adventure like that yeah and obviously cutthroat island did not live up to that adventure what'd you think of the (laughs) sequels in the pirates franchise um you know i i enjoyed them the second and third one were a lot like the matrix like the second one oh this is really fun and the third one you're like yeah maybe a little little didn't quite work uh four wasn't the greatest right. and the the newest one i thought was a little bit better than four but it's yeah still i stopped wasn't. i stopped watching after the third <laughs> it just i've got... seen them all i own them all okay um the first one is still the best one you done the ride at disney yes okay good all right yeah uh I, like i said i just think it's so cool that it kind of spawned from from that something so simple you know uh great well, we'll cross over there with jaws and with pirates of the caribbean right that's what yeah, we're saying. Car- right? Car- right. Caribbean is what we call it in a movie, right. movie form. <laughs> That's what we call it, period, Brad, but okay. <laughs> Curse of the Black Pearl. All right. That's your number one. All right, Brad, I'll tell you what, man. Let's do a break, okay, because we blew through the intro really quickly, like you like to do when you come on, which is fine. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll do a wrap-up. We'll give our honorable mentions, and we will shout out the fans online and what they had to say their favorite water set movies were, okay? So hang Sounds tight. Good. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. 
All right, guys, welcome back. We're talking our favorite water set films tonight, films that take place on or around water. Brad from the Cinema Guys had a great list. We did have a couple crossover. Brad, why don't you remind everyone real quick, just wrap up your top five. What was it again? Uh, my top five, number five was Das Boot. Number four, Point Break. Number three, Aquaman. Number two, Jaws. And number one, The Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Aquaman. One of these things Aquaman. is not like the other, Brad. <laughs> 2021 is wild, buddy. Um, but I love you, so it's okay. But I had you sweating there thinking the water world was going to be Yeah, you one. did. You really fucking did, actually. I'm like, oh, God. All right, so my top five was The Creature from the Black Lagoon, Curse of the Black Pearl was my number four, The Lighthouse at three, Titanic at number two, and of course, Jaws, one of my all-time favorite films, was my number one water set movie. Brad, I got five honorable mentions here that I'll run through real quick, but before I do, do you have any honorables over there? I do. I do have uh, some honorables, so I'll just... I'll start down with my number 10, mm-hmm. and this is going to be even more recent than Aquaman. It's Underwater. came out last year with Brad, K-Stew. Brad, I'm giving you a little round of applause here. I love that movie, buddy. I love that movie now, so much. people said, and I don't, we don't have to do a whole thing, but people say it's alien. I'm like, yeah, it is alien. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's alien underwater. I'm it's great. I'm fine with that. Like, <laughs> I love that the movie... <laughs> Started and within the first, you know, couple minutes, boom, we're in it and we're going. And I love Case too. And there was no like setup. We're like, oh, we're off and running. Let's yeah. take this ride. Yeah, good pick. I didn't put that okay. one on my list, but I did think about it. Um, my number nine, another James Cameron movie, Abyss. Yep, good one. Very good one. Thought about that one as well. Uh, number eight, The Hunt for Red October. Great film. Great film. Number seven, I had to put. I had to put this one on here because my kids love the movie Finding Nemo. Yeah, well done. And then number six didn't quite crack the top five. This is where I put Waterworld. <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> oh, you had to put water oil there, did you? Um, okay, you had, a, you had uh, just one of mine in your honorables, but my number six would have been Castaway. You know, Castaway okay. was one that I kind of like my point break conversation earlier where I was kind of like, ah, maybe, maybe not. But I mean, he was so, like, he was in the water when he was trying to escape and he was trapped on the island. He was always right there on the shore. I don't know. So I felt like if I put it in my honorables, I might be safe there. So that's why it's number six. <laughs> but I love Tom Hanks' per- performance in that. I mean, I put point break, so I'll allow it. Yeah, okay, cool, perfect. And my number seven was also your number seven, which was Finding Nemo. My number eight is the Martin Scorsese thriller Shutter Island. We were talking about okay. little, so two Leonardo DiCaprio films in my top ten. I wasn't uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Shutter Island. Oh, really? But- yeah, I dug it, man. I love the mind-bending kind of like plot twist thrillers, you know? And uh, Scorsese, I mean, he did it with Cape Fear, but he doesn't really do a lot of those types of films. So whenever it does pop up, I tend to be a big fan of it. I think I like Cape Fear a little bit more, but there wasn't enough of that on the water in my opinion. So, And then my number nine would have been uh, Moana, another Disney Ooh, film. That is a great, great movie. Uh, I love that film. And then my number 10 would have been uh, A Perfect Storm. I'm just going to put A Perfect Storm on there. You mentioned that, Wolfgang Peterson. You mentioned Wolfgang Peterson. He did Das yeah. Boot. So he's full cir- we're full circle, Brad. We're, we're full full circle. We're back to Wolfgang <laughs> Peterson at my number 10 for A Perfect Storm. I mean, George Clooney, I'm a sucker for. And I mean, the, the effects for the year, I think it came out in 2000, I think, or 2001. So the effects were pretty pretty good back then, kind of ahead of their time back then. It's, it's one that I, I have not revisited, but I do remember really enjoying it. Cool, man. All right. I'll tell you what, Brad. You know what we're going to do, man. We're going to head over to the Facebook fan group and open up the old suggestion box and see what the fans had to say. Their favorite water set films were. Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to our Facebook fan group. 
because that is where I interact with our fans the most. Our buddy Jared Taylor and patron of the show said Jaws. I mean, is there any doubt? I mean, come I mean, on, Brian. That's the one right there. J- Jaws would, I think, be on anyone's list. That's the one right there. Uh, Tony Dobbish, friend and patron of the show, says Creature from the Black Lagoon. And he also says Crawl was pretty fun. Did you enjoy Crawl last year? Yeah, yeah, I like that, that one. That was too. a fun movie. I dug that movie a lot, too. Michael Hill, friend and patron of the show, says The Little Mermaid. We didn't mention that one. Disney classic. He's got uh, Finding Nemo, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Pacific Rim. Uh, oh, he mentioned Waterworld as well. There you go, Brad. <laughs> I mean, Pacific Rim's just a fun movie. I... Oh, man. And the lone, uh, one of the lone female <laughs> picks here is my friend Gina says Titanic. So <laughs> I got a shout out there. Thank you, Gina. Well, you got a Titanic. You got a Titanic. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Tucker wants to know if Castaway counts. He wants to know if Lady in the Water counts. He says Rango is about water. Um, <laughs> he's getting he's getting I mean, meta. He he's getting meta. Uh, With and then Johnny he, Depp. With Johnny Depp, yeah. And then he says his actual picks, if if we're being literal, would be Finding Nemo, The Abyss, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Poseidon Adventure. Okay, yeah. I didn't even... I thought of Poseidon Adventure, but I think yeah. I think I've seen it once or twice. The so, original one, the new one, isn't nearly as good. So David Powell, you know, uh, wanted to get funny at first, so he said he just put up a GIF and he said "Speed Two Cruise Control." That <laughs> <laughs> just said "Fucking yikes, buddy!" But then he's got his actual, uh, and some of these I actually haven't heard of, so I'm excited to go back and check these out. But he says "Triangle." I'm That's not. That's a good movie. I'm not I familiar. Think you with would it. enjoy that one. Uh, Thunderball. I also don't know. I don't think. That's, I a Bond movie. Okay. Uh, the Big Blue, The Hunt for Red October, Deep Blue Sea, Dos Boot, Finding Nemo, and Jaws. Pretty Jaw- solid list. Yeah, this is a good list. Joey Austin, new patron and friend of the show, says Up the Creek from 1984 was a fun 80s movie. I don't know that one either. Do you know Up the Creek? The Creek. I don't think I do. Hmm. I don't either. I got to check it out. Chris Yaney, fa- uh, friend and patron, says Dos Boot, Master and Commander, we did not say tonight. I am in the big minority in that movie. Like, I hated that film. Wow, really? Yeah, uh, that, was, that was one I wanted to walk out of the theater on. Like, I wow. really disliked it. Brad, calm down, buddy. You're, you're a friend. Of, you're a fan of Waterworld. I don't know. Uh, that's Russell Crowe, right? Master and Commander, right? Yes. That, yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. I like saw- it, it, it may have come out in a time that maybe films weren't hitting me right. Like I don't even know what year it was because uh, I think right around the, wasn't it around the same time as Big Lebowski. I mean, maybe I haven't seen that movie since it came out. I don't really remember it, which is why because I didn't that, consider that was it for my another list. one that I. I disliked and a friend of mine had me rewatch it and i'm like why did i hate this film oh okay well, <laughs> so maybe maybe, to... maybe i need to revisit it maybe i was just in a dark time yeah, when i'm man. watching movies i don't know man <laughs> uh chris also said apocalypse now hmm i think about that, that one that, uh little mermaid it, water i know i was gonna say i don't i don't know uh, i haven't seen it in a long time though in fairness he said little mermaid and then another one that we didn't mention is life of pi which did get quite a bit of shout outs and i i I have not watched Life of Pi. Oh, okay. I saw Life of Pi. It was, it was good. Uh, let's see. Travis Crawford says he really liked K-19, The Widowmaker, and The Hunt for Red October. K-19, that's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> so my friend Dana said, and this this movie probably would have been my number 11, which is ironic, but she says, definitely not The Life Aquatic. <laughs> I guess she's not a fan. Fan of that film, but she said on her list would be Deep Blue Sea and Anaconda. <laughs> uh, I, I I can't tell if Nick Haskins is picking Waterworld or if he just knows you're going to pick it. But he mentioned Waterworld. Well, of course, <laughs> I mean Nick is going to pick Waterworld. I he loved that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Battlefield Earth 
He and loves Waterworld. He loves all movies. Favorites. He loves all movies, doesn't he? <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't absolutely. heard I haven't heard of him disliking any film. Uh Dan yeah. Ro- Dan Roski, friend and top tier patron of the show, says Das Boot is the correct answer, but you can also consider open water, lifeboat, and Chinatown because it is about water. So these guys are getting real. Mm-hmm. I guess we could do a separate list of movies about water. We could. We could. Uh well now I'm kind of bummed because I I, I'm seeing here now that I'm in agreement with Dan, which I don't like. So I might, I might need to change my list. But he mentioned Shutter Island, which I did as well. Of course, he mentioned Jaws, which I did also. And he mentioned Deep Blue Sea as well. Uh, Sam Hurley's got his top five here. He says Master and Commander, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, Das Boot. Apo- There's another apocalypse now. So maybe maybe that is on a lot of water there. I mean, I mean you're and, on a river. And Jaws. And then how about a little love for Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou from Amanda, our friend over at Pod Appetit. Thank you so much, guys, for the feedback in the old suggestion box this week. Brad, you and I are going to get together again soon and talk about uh, one of our favorite films of all time, Coraline. We're going to do that for the patrons, and I'm excited to get back together with you and do that. And then if you ever, you know, drag me over to the cinema, guys, again, I'll do that for you as well. Just let me know. Oh, absolutely. But in the meantime, this was a blast, man, doing our favorite water movies. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your compadres over there at the cinema, guys? It I, I had a blast. I love coming on, talking anything with you, Joe. Thanks, man. Um, you can find The Cinema Guys over at wearethecinemaguys.com, and we're just three friends that just kind of shoot the shit and give our own opinions about movies. Mm-hmm. Opinions, say. <laughs> a novel idea that you give an opinion on a podcast. Yeah, be careful. People get pissed about those, you know? <laughs> it's got to match theirs, Brad. Your opinion I, has I to match... You know, know. you have to please everyone when you do these podcasts. Finding that out. (laughs) Well, you do a great show, man. And I I listen frequently and I always enjoy it. So make sure you guys check the show notes and head over and give Brad a listen and a subscribe over at the Cinema Guys. Brad, thanks so much for coming on. Until we meet again, brother, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. We will be back next week with another top five and another pee on the pod. Take care. I'll talk to you then. Wherever you are, I believe that the heart does go One time and last for